Hello, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Uh, we're not live. I've got, I've got to tell you that. So don't text the show because you'll be wasting your money and I don't want anyone to do that in the current climate. But you can follow us at Frank on the radio on Twitter and Instagram. And you can still email us via the Absolute Radio website. And if we don't get to you direct, which we might, we might uh, do, we, we will get to you retrospectively, which in a way... You've had time to marinate. I think it makes your communication even richer in many ways. Hello, Alan and Emily. Hello. Hello, chaps. Just, um, I should tell our readers, obviously I can't see Alan and Emily. We're each in our own um, lockdown situations, but it's always lovely to hear their voices, I must say. Um, I, um, I've been, um, I've really now fully embraced lockdown and all its uh, manifestations, I must say. Uh, this week I had my first lockdown haircut. Excellent. Oh. Which was, I sent off for some uh, hair clippers. Oh, you were concerned last week that they weren't charging, if I remember right. Oh, uh, yes. Well, what a fool I was. Because what I found out was as soon as I pulled out the charging plug, they worked. But they wouldn't yeah. let me start with the charger in. Who knew? Oh, they've got a mm. safety system like a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't start with the charger in. Um, which this I, isn't I my think, area. Uh, boys. I think King Arthur's stable boy told <laughs> right. me that once. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so, yeah, well, I'm glad it's not your area. Let's keep your area out of this as far as um, <laughs> as far as clippers. Well, there, are no, are there are no clippers involved. Yeah. No. I so um I. The the first touch of the hair clippers to their hair is really quite a moment because obviously if you take out like a square inch because I had them right down to three, Did I thought you? if I'm going to cut yeah I, I I wanted some scalp. escapes. Exactly. You. So um, you're quite so um, I, you're uh, quite full on, aren't you? Like when you, I remember you saying before <laughs> that when you get cash out of the machine, you go the full two hundred. You always. always fill the car up to the top. And, always. <laughs> And it seems yeah. to carry on over. If you're going to shave your head, you're going right down to the wood. Yes. Wow, what are you worried about? The electricity bill? I oh, just yeah, think it's of course. <laughs> so I tried drawing a line around my head in chalk <laughs> and saying <laughs> to my... Please tell me you're joking. I am not joking. I swear that's true. And saying to, my plan was to do that and saying to my seven-year-old, remove everything below that line. Sort of Excellent. deforestation um, <laughs> approach. Excellent. And then I realised that because of... Uh, I forgot I'd gone grey some years mm. ago and, and the chalk just didn't show up. So I took off a slice at the side. This is the moment. This is the jump off the cliff moment. You, you know this, Al, when you step on stage and you think, here goes, new material, yeah. I'm going to do it. Love well, it. This, this was that feeling. And... Um, so I went right up one side, to, and then I just gave the, the clippers to my seven-year-old. And um, Wait, do you remember so, somebody suggested, is Frank going to get a buzz cut? Do you remember that? Yes. yes. My son is called Buzz, by the way, if you're new to the show. Um, uh, and so, I, yeah, he, he did it. And I, I, I'm going to put some pictures up. Um, I think it looks... Uh, one, I spoke to a friend on Zoom and he said, is that you, Frank? I thought it was Brother Cadful. <laughs> <laughs> Which, apart from that, obviously I haven't seen anyone really to, to comment on it. What does Kath very... think of it? Kath thinks it's a bit... She says, I like that thing that barbers do when they sort <laughs> of grade it in gradually. Yeah. But, you know, it's made me think I might never, um, I might never go to the barbers again. I might just Did she say, it. I like that thing that barbers do, apply expertise? Because that well, helps as well. But I think I'm <laughs> going to learn several. I also, I mean, I don't want to make anyone feel sick on a Saturday morning, but I also got a, uh, an electric foot scraper. Too late. Which has, a, which has a stone, something like white diamond stone, and it's this revolving thing. And you just, um, you know, you just go after the hard skin with it. You've taken a bit off each end of you. You must be like an oblong <laughs> at the moment. Not an oblong, I am. Um, I'm just... Like a rugby I've, ball. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, it's like when you're preparing fruit. I've just top and tailed it. 
But it's... Uh, you, you probably shrunk in height by an inch. I, that's that's a reasonable thing. And I also... <laughs> there's a lot of dust comes off the foot um, buzzer. And so I've inhaled a great deal of me over the last 24 hours. I'm imagining that inhaling yourself can't be dangerous because you're already you. Yeah. But that's one that maybe our science correspondents can help us with. <laughs> Frank Skinner. So, yeah, as I, as I was uh, saying uh, before we were so rudely interrupted by uh, music, that um, I'm thinking now that do I need to go back to either the barber or the chiropodist? Now I can do it at home. Well, you've hit a point of uh, self-sustainability, haven't you? To, yeah, to I'm, milestone. I'm still, I remember John Noakes on Blue Peter being asked how he did... His thing on Blue Peter was to go and, and do different people's jobs every week. Oh, and yeah. and he always it was always very entertaining. And he said, well, the, the thing is with me is that um, some people take like two years to learn a job and I can learn it in like an hour. <laughs> and he said oh. it in a very humble, a very humble, <laughs> awe shocks kind of a way. Whereas it was, of course, the very height of arrogance being expressed. <laughs> yes. But I'm, I'm, I'm in the market now for uh, dentistry gear. Oh, yeah. I, I'm oh, seeing if, no. I can, if I can do the whole I'm fascinated by the um, foot scrubbing thing, because what... What situation is it that you're dealing with that can't be remedied with um, what is, I think, called a pumice stone? Is it a pumice yes. or a pumice? Pumice, pumice. Yeah. Oh, Is it, is it cra terribly cracked skin? No, no, no. But I've, I'm a big fan of the chiropodist, so I just like, I usually go every three, four weeks. No, I've, I've been, look, I've spent the first part of lockdown pounding the pumice. But then oh, uh, someone someone sa someone said to me that you know that that was it's very labour intensive doing that, mm -hmm. whereas you know we've we someone's invented electricity. Why not take True. advantage of it? Well, do you know what I favour and I thoroughly recommend to both of you? I'm is nervous the... where this might be going <laughs> on this theme. Is, uh, is, is you two shutting up? <laughs> is sleeping in a sort of more heavily, heavily moisturised feet in uh, bed slippers because the foot really? mask at night works absolute wonders. Try it out. Have you ever had a foot wow. mask? I've never had a never. foot mask. I've never I mean, I would just call a that a sock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, a foot mask is great. You wrap your feet, you wrap it around. It's like a face mask. You know those disposable ones you get? And then you wrap it around your feet and put some lovely bed socks over. Oh. So soft that the is. next morning. And is this something oh. you did pre-lockdown or something you've developed? I've done it all my life. Oh, I've done it all okay. my life. I was an I'm early recent, doctor of foot care. I'm a recent convert to the um, pumice, pumice stone. It's only okay. been in the I'm last sure few years. I'm sure it's pumice. I put pumice, money on pumice. pumice. And, uh, and actually, I bought a, a new pumice stone whilst at the Edinburgh Festival last August... Wow. And it um, it said on the packaging, and this is a direct quote. Greetings from Edinburgh. No, it said <laughs> it was like a pumice with a little rope. I think it was one pound or one pound forty nine, and it said. It's in your what, journal. I remember that. It said because it was quite striking that something oh. so cheap would make this promise. It said one hundred percent happiness guaranteed. Goodness. <laughs> Not satisfaction. One hundred percent happiness. For a quid? Yeah. I mean, oh. come on. That anyway, it didn't deliver. They didn't know you. Oh. It no. didn't deliver. It was, <laughs> you know, quite a lot of hype for a, for a pumice stone to offer, I think. Yeah, well, I, I'm not, I not anti-pumice. I'm just, um, I'm experimenting at the moment in, as you say, self-sufficiency. It's like the good life without <laughs> any of the fun. <laughs> So have we heard from our um, fabulous readers? We have. We've had some... I know we can't read out praise, but we have been getting praise for your poetry podcast, Frank. Oh. We've 
Yeah, isn't that nice? Uh, we've had. It is nice, of course. I know, but I like your very sort of Scarlett O'Hara reaction. <laughs> I'm actually trends. doing that. You know that thing that women do with one hand as a sort of fan? I'm doing oh, that. Yeah. Yes, I'm a fiddle-dee-dee. Um, this is from 347. It's a text. Good evening, Frank Skinner. No, actually, I've got, the, I've got the emphasis wrong on that, but I like that I got the emphasis wrong. It was actually good evening, comma, and the comma is all, as we know. Frank mm. Skinner, a.k.a. Mr. Collins, was my English teacher back in the late 80s. He was so into his poetry then, which I, I love. I should say I was, on the, I was on the Witness Program. Oh, I use a different name. <laughs> and limericks. Oh dear. Yes. Um, no. Mainly at the expense of us. That's Julie Frank from Hales Owen. Well, I have Remember to her? say to Julie that I. Yeah, I mean, I, I was uh, into. I was. I mean, I was teaching. Uh, a-level English and stuff, but um, I don't remember the limericks thing that she refers to, that I was into I'm really glad limericks. Limericks are my worst thing. Others? Yeah. Yeah. They're a bit, they bra- me... they're a bit brandrous. Oh, do you oh, think? I like my them. heart sinks if, when I hear if you someone had to... go, there was an old lady, I just feel, oh, it's awful. Can I ask, if, you had, if we had to do a list of celebrities <laughs> who liked limericks, <laughs> <laughs> Who would it be? Charles Brandreth would be right up there. Oh, he's Who numero else uno, isn't he? He's, he's right probably, up there. There's got to be, be some... He might be the only one that has a bit of the podium. I hate to say, I feel a lot of celebrities would be uh, no longer with us because I would yeah. say yeah. most of the people who ever appeared on Call My Bluff... Oh, Frank might... Muir would have liked him. But I yeah. think, you know, yeah. it might be like John Humphreys if he did a Q&A and, Q and, it's, and it said guilty pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> and whereas I always answer um, the Soviet Union, yes. um, I think I can imagine That's him good saying one. limericks. That's a yeah. good one. Well, Other people's people... are too small beer. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't, they're not asked, they're not things they actually feel guilty about. They're no. things like listening to ABBA and you think, no, you don't feel guilty about that, do you? But yeah. actually being impressed by the Soviet Union, I don't, I, don't, I feel I bad that. about that. That's, oh, that's a good guilty pleasure. Mine is theft. That's my guilty <laughs> okay. pleasure. Yeah. What about if it was stuff like that? <laughs> if, it, if it was stuff like gobbing on car door handles. That, that, people lie so much in those Q&A. Celebrities, I mean, they just, every question is about, yeah. this is what I want people to think about me, not the truth. Imagine if they Just said low, very low-level tax avoidance. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Child neglect. <laughs> anyway, we shouldn't go too far down the guilty yeah. pleasures yeah. thing. No. So, uh, yes, um, Julie, I'd, I'd like more information on the, on the limericks. Obviously, part of me is wondering if Graham Norton used to teach her because we get confused <laughs> all the time. Um, not since the beard, but... Um, for all you know, I might have an enormous beard as I sit here speaking. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for the beard. Um, so, uh, not, yeah. not how you own some clippers, anyway. Have no. we got time for another one? N- uh, I don't think we have. Oh, you know, we have certain no. obligations in commercial radio. Well, let's call it a cliffhanger. Okay, let's call it that. Frank Skinner. Um, I'm loving, you know, I'm loving that the readers are still keeping in touch because they are a rich, they're a rich vein. I think it's true to say. Uh, we've we've had some more uh, poetry podcast feedback actually, uh, and I know uh, we don't normally read praise, uh, but we are going to on this occasion. Uh, a really fantastic mm. podcast. This is from James oh. Townrow. Uh, a really fantastic podcast. I listened it. I listened to it with my eight-year-old daughter. I think that actually means eight-year-old, but I like the idea of people saying eight-year-old. <laughs> I thought it was some Drake. <laughs> it's something yeah, I'm trying to like start. A, I, I, to... I think back to uh, Yo Paulie, which is what um, <laughs> Sylvester um, Stallone used to say in Rocky. The first time I ever Indeed. heard the word Yo was in Rocky. Mm. Uh, I listened to it with my eight-year-old daughter. Please let Frank know that she <laughs> thinks Kathleen is the protagonist's cat who must be sleeping lest it joins in with the dancing, gets tangled up in his feet and trips him up. 
looking forward to the next one. Now, I know oh. what that means because I have listened to the poetry podcasts and also enjoyed them. Oh, thank you, Alan. Do you want to Very explain, much. Frank, what the, well, just it's, briefly? Well, it, it is a poem in which a, a man dances alone in his bedroom and he speaks of his wife sleeping and the baby sleeping and Kathleen is sleeping. I believe that Kathleen um, was actually the sort of nanny stroke housekeeper. But I'm always a bit wary of... Uh, of imposing real life onto uh, onto poems, but I like the idea that it was the cat. Uh, it's it's I mean it's 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 a fair bet that the cat's going to be sleeping whatever time of the day or night you dance. That's what I always I'm, um, think. I'm pleased that this person is listening to it with an eight-year-old daughter because uh, yeah. whilst I was listening yes. to it, I kept thinking, oh, this would be really good for my twelve-year-old son. Did I, you really? I mean, I didn't really aim it to kids. No, 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 it doesn't. I don't think it's there's no effing and jeffing. No, it's <laughs> as clean as a whistle by your yeah, standards. I, think, yeah, well. um, I would like to say uh, I think the phrase I didn't really aim it at kids could be a nice epitaph for you. Perhaps. <laughs> 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 yeah, certainly for my stand-up career. Yeah, I certainly for the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any, any uh, is, is there anything that isn't? Uh, praising me that's coming oh, <laughs> oh good oh, luck it's gone all humble like Noakes <laughs> well <laughs> yeah, exactly. we've had something in about the venerable bead oh well that's always of I'm course. always up for that I know you love a bit of bead action this is from Lawrence Grasty or in Grasty. case you don't know the ven- lockdown <laughs> in case you, you're new to the show the, the venerable bead was a um, early medieval um, well he's a holy man but he was also a great writer and historian so uh, I'm a big fan of his. I'll be straight yeah. with you. It's the usual kind of relatable content that we do. Yeah. Um, but one, yeah. well, actually, um, they've sent something over, which is, I'm not sure where exactly it's from this, but it's a book called, or maybe the chapter's called The English People. It says, one for Frank on the radio, I would think, fulsome praise, very ma- much redacted. Thirteen centuries ago, the Venerable Bede suggested that some dust from the tomb of St. Chad mixed with a little water was a universal remedy for sickness in both men and cattle. And this is still only the second stupidest health advice I've read today. And indeed, there's an extract here. Was that a disinfectant reference? <laughs> yes. When, uh, I believe so. It was when you accused Trump of having said that people should drink disinfectant. Yeah. Yes, I uh, yes. I. Oh, actually, I think I think I've got some apologising to do on that front. Not not to him, but I think we are on the cusp of a correctione on on what I said. So, uh, okay, look, that's coming up after this. Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. Um, c- can we go back to the the venerable Bede? He's not, he's not a man. I think we should uh, <laughs> we should uh, just skate over. Oh, I want I to see. know more about what he's that rather than offering Donald Trump the apology for no, well, his I'll get, characterizing I'll get, I'll his get, comments. I'll <laughs> get to my uh, Trumpology. I'll get to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like how there's not many places where you'll hear, can we go back to the venerable bead <laughs> after a musical break, after you've just heard Whitesnake or whatever. <laughs> so anyway, um, bead, as we were saying earlier, had these um well it's he's he lawrence is calling it the stupid health advice it was can i give you some can i give you a bit of background before you read this out bead when he was about seven was handed over to the monastery in jarrow that's they used to do quite a lot of that with kids so he could be educated there and become a monk later on if their parents couldn't look after the kids or whatever so he went there and then the plague struck i don't know which particular mm-hmm. play and i think there was only bead the, the boy bead and one um one of the monks who survived so then there was just the two of them there for ages everyone else died of the play so he he did know a bit about that kind of situation um mm-hmm. he's, he's not a bad man to turn to at the moment let's put it that way do you think okay. some of his survival might be attributed to <laughs> the uh Dust from the tomb of St. Chad mixed with a little water. Well, I don't think he could have got... Unless he already had dust. I mean, the only... 
I mean, that's what I've got in my protein well, listen, shaker in front of me right now. Listen, do you I want think to... St Chad, there might be at least a part of St Chad buried in St Chad's Cathedral in Birmingham. So if any of my fellow West Midlanders are listening, um, let's not write this off as a cure. <laughs> well, do, would you like to hear from the man himself regarding always. Uh, what I'm calling the St Chad spa treatment? Are yeah. you going to play a clip of him now on talk radio? <laughs> <laughs> Down the line from Jarrow. <laughs> go on, what Here did he go. say? I don't know what Bede's voice was like, but, you know. Would he be, Chad's... be Geordie? Oh, don't make me. No, I can't do Geordie. <laughs> okay. I love Geordie, but I, I don't want to offend anyone. Um, I feel like Big Brother's back on the telly. <laughs> yeah, OK. <laughs> Live is, that, is that what it was like house. in the Jarrow monasteries? The monk would say... <laughs> Dear seven <laughs> of the play. <laughs> There's still very little to do. <laughs> oh, man. Of course, Bede had always been in the diary room, but with a quill. <laughs> Bede is a playing fake tan in the snug. <laughs> um, OK, here we go. Chad's place of burial is a wooden coffin in the shape of a little house, having an aperture in its side through which those who visit it out of devotion can insert their hands and take out a little of the dust. When it is put in water and given either to cattle or men who are ailing, they get their wish and are at once freed from their ailments and rejoice in health restored. Brilliant. You see, I might be the only person working on commercial radio who thinks this could work. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I think there's a definite crossover. Do you mean between... this link? <laughs> so, yeah. I think there's a definite crossover between some medication that works on animals and humans. Uh, you know, ketamine, for example, I think is oh, uh, is, is one well, of them. Yeah, well, I hate raving days, Frank. You know, you know the idea of um, herd immunity. Did they try that with the, the foot and mouth? That went well. <laughs> I don't like the idea of. And I do not recommend, Absolute Radio, can we say, does not recommend inserting your hands through apertures into tombs and, and removing dust. No. I, I, don't, I don't like this idea, Frank. Okay. Of course, you mean during normal times, but right now, yes. we, we do totally. <laughs> I certainly, I, I don't, maybe I, I wouldn't do it on a weekday. <laughs> <laughs> He was a clever man, Bede. I mean, I bet he had evidence. Um, anyway, let, we probably shouldn't dwell on this. No. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Can I just tell you, I, believe, I just believe it. That's it. Simple as that. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. We're not live, sorry, so do not text the show. It'll be pointless. Uh, but you can follow us at Frank on the Radio on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us via the Absolute Radio website. So you've still, you know, you've still got contacts. Okay. Um, I uh, yes. Well, last week um, I was I I got pulled up, as they say, because mm. I um, in my reference to uh, Donald Trump suggesting that. Um, that injecting disinfectant might possibly be a cure for COVID-19. Which, of course, I, um, he didn't, but, but yeah. Did he not? <laughs> no, of course he didn't. But, but yeah, I we'll, we'll, move, we'll move Ow. on. We'll Ow, move you're on. the only, oh, I'm the only bloke who believes that St Chad's dust might cure it, and Al's <laughs> the only bloke who always defends Trump. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, though. It's good oh. to have different voices. Oh, exactly. Oh, That's what Mike Yarwood would tell me. <laughs> um, he I... doesn't get enough references these no, days. no, no Well, he gets a lot on our show <laughs> um, So, um, yes So, um, I met him, it was lovely I, <laughs> yes I suggested um, that Mr Sheen Might be uh, a beneficiary You of, did of, uh, And uh, people have pointed out That I got that wrong They have um, You weren't specific enough In your cleaning agents, essentially uh, Adrian and Lorraine and Solihull have been in touch. Hi, Frank, Emily and Alan. Thank you once again for brightening up our lockdown Saturdays. Uh, I apologise for the praise. And they also say feel free to redact it. However, we just... Oh, I hate a however. 
We just wanted to refer to a comment by Frank broadcast on the 25th of the 4th. This sounds career-ending, doesn't it? This is like, you know when you get police constable in court (laughs) reading from their notebook? (laughs) I proceeded down uh, Baxter Street in a northerly direction when I saw the accused. Go on, carry on. It sounds very pre-legal. Where Frank suggested Mr Sheen were delighted by the American president's comments re-injecting disinfectant. Apologies, Mm. Al. Unless we missed the said president also suggesting we should inject furniture polish, which Mr Sheen makes, we're unsure why he should be so happy. However, our research did show that Mr Sheen is also available in a place you may have heard of called South Africa. Hey, that I should say is a reference to uh, George Ezra live saying I went to a place uh, called South Africa, as if no one had ever heard of it. So, Mr. Sheen, Alan, your witness. No, I did. I I got that wrong. I in my in my memory, Mr. Sheen was a was a disinfectant. I I've I've been a damn fool, basically. Um, But thank Mm. you for correcting me. Normally, people are honoured with the uh, correctione jingle, but I don't have access to jingles. um, On my laptop, on my linen basket. So I'm just if we'll just. Brace yourselves for a moment. Instead, I'm going to sing uh, the popular Scar hit from the 70s, Susan Beware of the Devil. <laughs> Susan Beware of the Devil, don't let him break your heart. Good. I think that, that'll have to suffice. Um, no, you know, I thank you for, for telling me. I feel that I have had what can only be described as a road to Domestos experience. Uh, <laughs> do you know, Al, I was thinking it could have been worse. He could have said Michael Sheen. Because we yes. know My- Michael doesn't like being no, confused for the uh, wrong sheen. No, he'd Barry been, Sheen, he'd the motorcyclist. Yeah. He'd have been on yeah. like... Uh... <laughs> well, I watched um, Spider-Man 3 this week, uh, speaking of uh, actors, and there was an <laughs> actor in it, and he, d- he did something that I have never seen done before. I-, I think I've mentioned on this show, I once saw a stand-up comedian whose, name, whose first name was Billiam. <laughs> and he had combined, he kept his full name, but he'd gone for the Bill thing that people do with William and gone for Billiam. And there's a bloke which you may well have heard of. He plays uh, Venom in the, in the movie, and he's called Toffer Grace. Oh, and his yes, name is Christopher. And instead of going for the Chris, oh. like most Christophers do, he's, he's, oh. he's, he's kicked off the first half and he's calling himself Toffer, which I have to say... If anyone of our readers knows of any other interesting name abbreviations that aren't, like, standard, I would yeah. love to hear that. Because Toffer, Toffer Grace, <laughs> if you ask me, is an absolute... So we're out of here. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. What else? I'm I'm looking through email corner and um, and thinking here's an email that will appeal to each of you. Uh, it's uh, it's about poetry and pooches. Uh, dear Frank DVM A Al, that's uh, all of us. One, just listen to your first poetry podcast on Stevie Smith. I like it. I praise it. You redact it. <laughs> dot dot dot. Okay. I'm glad we're, we're uh, through with that. <laughs> and then they continue. And I'm a secondary school English teacher. Normally, that's all for point one. <laughs> they then continue to point two. Uh, I saw the peanut uh, nutter dog claw clipper clip mentioned on last week's show. Wow. I don't think we um, use the word nutter. Peanut nutter, maybe? I think it's probably a typo. Maybe they mean peanut butter. Um, oh, yes. Oh, uh, yes, peanut. But I wouldn't put money on it. <laughs> And no. then they've, uh, they've done an autocrezione. Ole, ole, ole. Of course, I meant I heard the clip. I couldn't watch it. I was too distracted by the woman's voice. Was the tone of her address to the dog not biling juice and leaked saccharin? Especially to you, Frank, who seldom went so far as to feed his dogs, well, anything much. She spoke to the dog <laughs> as if it was sweet as sugar, six-month-old child miracle, not a dog. P.S. I do like dogs. P.P.S. Is lockdown blunting Frank's gittishness? Just a thought. Keep up the good work. Keep your distance. Keep safe. Bye. Nine two one. Um, oh, so much to work there. there. So much to there's unpack. A lot, there's a lot to unpack here. Mm. Um, 
Firstly, on the Gittishness front, can yeah, I I'd say, in that. I was reading about the uh, possible death of Kim Jong-un. Yes. Uh, you know, there's this theory that he might there have is. died. He might yes. be, uh, he might be, uh, we just don't know, as is so often the case with North Korea. Yeah. And that one of the theories of why he died is that he had a heart problem. And the surgeon who did the operation was so terrified oh. of Kim Jong-un basically coming round and telling him off. <laughs> but his hands were shaking that much that 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 is they thought why he might have done the damage, yeah. and it did make me think you know maybe the 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 git thing has got its uh, has got its downside maybe because he is a bit of a he's git, suggesting he's a bit he, of a git he is a bit of a git oh uh, you wouldn't say it to his face no I wouldn't no. <laughs> I'll say that no. Well, we've got the same hairstyle now, so I feel some sort of alignment with him. <laughs> also, I think the circumstances where you could say that to Kim Jong-un's face are very, very unlikely. But if I said it in a warm and praising tone, of course, he'd assume it was a compliment. <laughs> well, Dennis Rodman seems to have got on the right side of him. He likes him. Yeah. He's oh, got one friend. But yeah. he does, Dennis Rodman, I think, is one of those people that sees the good in people. Yeah, well, I'm, obviously, I'm hoping that uh, Kim Jong Un. I wouldn't wish. Uh, I wouldn't wish uh, death on anyone. I'm hoping it's all right. I wonder if our thoughts are with those members of his family that he hasn't eaten. <laughs> so, um, is your gittishness still existing, but just it's it's not happening because it's in lockdown? So it's almost like a modern version of if if a tree falls in a forest and there's no one there to hear it. It's a bit Schrodinger's cast, isn't it, Frank's gittishness? Well, homeschooling has uh, given it something of an outlet. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> um, it's probably a good thing I didn't go into teaching uh, full time. I would say it's my. Uh, it's my thing. Well, I did, but then I was asked to leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's the story I cannot tell, but I'm, I'm, it doesn't involve me as such, but what it does involve is quite rude. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. On the, uh, on the subject which uh, one of our readers mentioned um, uh, previously about... How, what voices um, you use to talk to your dog. I once saw a live performance at Latitude um, when a, a, an author on the stage got people up to talk about what um, voices they use to their dogs and got them to actually recreate those. And it's absolutely hilarious. And do you really? know, that author was <laughs> Emily Dean. Oh, excellent. Oh, was it? Oh, I'd forgotten I'd done that. I like yeah, it. Yeah, you've got all yeah, these you people, grown people standing at the front of the stage going, what are you doing? What are you doing? And it was oh, without a dog really there. It was, it was freaky in the extreme. Well, Frank, I can't imagine you ever did a dog voice when you had Shep. Never. I never did a dog did voice your, in my life. Did your life. dad or your mum do a dog voice? Never. Oh. We spoke to it like I'm speaking to you now. Mm. Oh. To be honest. Well, obviously I do. No. I mean, I massively do a dog voice. But yeah. um, I, I don't think Al... Al, you came you on my bring, podcast. Do you want to bring your dog voice to the table? Me? No, well, I'm... Oh, well, I'm let's both do... Should we, like. both, should we both do our... I think we should all do how we would address a dog one after okay. the other. Okay? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm worried that mine might hear it and then come along... <laughs> <laughs> this is the downside of broadcasting from home. <laughs> okay, I'm happy to, to start. Go on. You good boy. You good boy, Ray Ray. Ray Ray good boy. Ray Ray good toilet. Good good boy, Ray Ray. Price redacted. That's good. Obviously. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Alan? That is. Um, here you go. Come on. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's as dog voice as I got. One man and his dog. Okay, yeah, my, mine is... <laughs> Come here, come here. Lie down, <laughs> lie down. <laughs> now, I was very much of the get under um, <laughs> school of speaking to dogs. Oi, get under. Um, that that's that sounds all like I most of my dates, Frank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I only discovered this week that Boris Johnson has a dog 
He didn't yes. seem the dog type to me. Well, posh people like a dog, they, don't they? they? Yes. What, is, what has he got then? Has he got a red setter? No, he's got a dog called Dylan who's a Jack Russell cross. Oh, so they, well, they always d- are. <laughs> They're often cross, yeah. <laughs> Does it they say are. on his Wikipedia entry how many amount of dogs currently unknown? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I believe it had... It was is a rescue puppy. I think it had a, a something wrong with its jaw, a misaligned jaw, oh. which is why it was taken. But he, uh, yes, did I, I mean, that... tell you when I someone in an audience once was talking to me and they said they'd got a rescue dog, and I honestly thought they meant like one of those St Bernards with the barrel of rum <laughs> that went around up mountains. <laughs> it was the first time I'd ever heard the phrase rescue dog. I really thought it was part of a rescue oh, team. <laughs> And I went into that conversation, and I could tell the. It, I think everyone in that room, and there must have been twelve people there. Um, mm. Everyone in that room um, knew what a rescue dog was, except me. It was uh, very, very embarrassing. I believe Dylan was making moves on the former Chancellor Sajid um, Javid's dog, Bailey. Oh, oh, yeah. So I think I, I think they might have been separated. <laughs> <laughs> I've a bit of a Kim Jong Un thing to do. It's a, it's a cruel old business, isn't it? Yeah, Politics. that's got to be in the small print of the contract, surely. Yeah, I mean that is uh, savage. <laughs> We, we spoke of Boris Johnson's uh, dog in the last link. We didn't mention the fact that he had a son this week, which is probably bigger news, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, in, it, it's it's still like 17th on the news after like 35 minutes of coronavirus. So, you know, yes. it's, it's a bit... Not now, Carrie. It's, <laughs> but what, uh, what a time they've had. I think we should offer yeah. them warm congratulations. He's had, um, he's had a year, <laughs> no, hasn't okay. he? He's had yes. quite no, a year. I offer him warm congratulations, Al. Fair, I fair think dues. so. I don't mind offering anybody who's had a baby no. warm congratulations. Yeah, um, um, uh, yeah he's um, he, he just just got a um, massive majority. Then he's, Brexit was end of January, and then yep. the coronavirus started. Then he nearly died. Then he had a baby. Yeah. Mm. Wow. When you know when you sit around on New Year's Eve and say, so what? What kind of year have you had? He's gonna, he's, he's gonna he's dominate packed, the table. He's packed his whole twenty twenty into the first quarter. I know it's yeah. really. I mean, he's he's got another what four years? Is it five years they do now? Yeah. Is that? I mean, bear thinking about. Mm. Um, obviously, we'll all be living on wasteland for the last four years of his uh, <laughs> reign. But even so, the, the, so yes, the he's, moment... had, he's had a baby boy. And you can still, because they haven't officially announced the name yet. So at the moment, the runners and riders are Wilfred. I think you can get five to one on that. That's his grandfather's name. Oh, I thought after that kid in the Bash Street Kids was jumper (laughs) comes up to his uh, nose. Very close. He won't go for Winston. No At 10 to one. No, that's too much. That's too on the nose. Some are suggesting Thomas at eight to one. I wonder if that's an homage to sort of St Thomas's, St. Thomas's. hospital where oh, he was treated. That what, about, nice. uh, what about Bor- um, Horace? Horace <laughs> and Horace. Well, nice. because he, he studied classics, so Horace works, but also yes. Horace Johnson and Boris Johnson. And then if they <clears> have other be, kids, Morris, Doris. That would be really cute, actually. You know, oh, sort of Kardashian-themed names, I like that. Of yeah. course, famously, We'd have to Boris. find them all. Boris Johnson's full handle is something like Alexander de Feffel Boris Johnson, isn't it? Or is it Boris yeah. Alexander de Feffel? So there's, there's, there's a, there's a, is it de Feffel? Is that, I know yes, that's really, yeah. the, the kid is going to have some handle when, when we find out what it is. It's going to be a doozy. That's, that's all I'm saying. I can't it reminds wait. me, I used to do a thing where if anyone asked me to get a round in or something, my first thing is I'd start slapping my pockets trouser and Jackie and going uh, um, wallet in my other suit fa, 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 fa. wallet in my fa, 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 uh, bit, bit embarrassing fa, 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 fa. and it turns out it was somebody's name <laughs> I never I never I never knew that I'll tell you what I wasn't keen on was the warm I mean our, our warm congratulations is fine I think but 
Um, the warm congratulations from Kia Starmer and, and Nicola Sturgeon reminded oh, me. You, of, like that? you know when people hog after a boxing match after they've been <laughs> knocking the oh, hell yeah. out of each other. For, I just thought I I I just couldn't buy it. I, right. I, I wish they had. I wish they just not said anything unpleasant, but I wish they'd just shut up about it. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> maybe yeah, said something like you're entitled to that. Uh, but do you know I what I liked? I hope he doesn't want paternity leave. He's already had some time off sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I like that they keep mentioning that he's the first. I think he's the fourth um, serving prime minister, isn't he, to have a child in Downing Street mm-hmm. in 170 years, and they keep mentioning since Lord John Russell. But what I liked is they talked about Tony Blair when he had a child. He said Tony Blair became the first serving prime minister to have a legitimate child born in office. (laughs) Actually said. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah, I think that was, was that the smoking nappy scandal? When Tony Blair had a baby at number 10, or, well, you know, fathered a baby at number 10, there's a picture, there's a picture that's appeared a lot this week of him carrying the baby, I think, out the hospital. I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure the bloke should carry the, oh, the baby. Well, because I think that's making sure you're in the photo. <laughs> right. Uh, and also, he's wearing, and I think I've got, I mean, you're, we've got our fashion correspondent on the show, of course. I yeah. think he's wearing what I would only term a wind cheater. <laughs> Is he? And I don't want to see a prime minister in a wind oh, cheater. No. I think it was Morrissey who said, prime minister in a wind cheater. I know, I know, it's serious. <laughs> What's and the difference? Perhaps this is a question for Emily. What's the sure. difference between a, a wind cheater and a bomber jacket? Well, I would describe a, a wind cheater. Is it armless, Frank? No. No, no. You see, oh. I think a wind cheater is like the the red jacket that James Dean wore in Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, right. I would call like that a Harrington. a Harrington jacket. Oh, oh maybe yeah. that they, maybe they uh, Harrington is a brand name, so maybe they want sure. the same thing. But I think it's a Hoover type scenario. Yes. Ah, oh, yes. With the Harrington. Mm-hmm. If yeah, you had well, a Harrington, I mean, like I say, I'm, call, I'm calling it a wind cheater. I, I, if any of our readers would like, if it's, it's a famous picture of, of Blair. It's been in the paper a lot. Okay, I'll be week, looking at it. Carrying the baby, and it's maybe it's many. like a maybe it's a posset wind cheater. Okay. One of our many obscure textings. What would you call the jacket that Tony Blair was wearing? Wore twenty years ago. <laughs> I think it's important to get the facts, though, on these You're things. right. They're You're also right. the first unmarried couple, I believe, in Downing Street with child. Legend! What? <laughs> <laughs> what is Sorry, it there are some say? moments where you have to not avoid the cliché. No, well, what would Frank's true. mother call that again, Frank? It was... Um... Uh, living over the brush. Yes, that yes. was it. Um, I... Um, he's... Is the Chancellor, because they, they moved, didn't they, that the Prime Ministers during Blair's yeah. time, instead of living at number 10, they now live at number 11. Is that right? Yeah. Correct. I believe... Because it's bigger. So yes. where does Rishi Sunak live? Is he at number 10? Well, given so. that his wife is the daughter of one of the 10 richest men in India, I, I, don't, oh. I can't see him rattling around in the flat. I mean, they've got a sumptuous... Well, he needs to be. But he needs. I think they probably live in number 10, do they? Does Rishi Mm. and his his wife. I'll tell you what, I'd be very delighted to hear that Rishi had bought the baby an abacus. (laughs) (laughs) Just because I imagine he looks like one of those maths blokes, Rishi, Mm -hmm, who just loves doing the old calculations. Yeah. My. uh, uh, my partner's uh, dad, he was a maths teacher and stuff, and he told me that, he's retired now, but he told me that sometimes he uh, goes on the internet just to, you know, do a few maths problems for pleasure. Oh, that's I good. mean, to me, yeah, that's have a look at his most, history. it's the most alien thing I've ever, the idea of yeah. doing maths for pleasure. <clears throat> oh, yeah. my giddy aunt. <laughs> Did you see anyway. that... Uh, 
Did you see that uh, David Cameron tweeted Boris Johnson? I mean, you'd think someone would give him Boris's phone number or address. Yeah, it's humiliating. Yeah, Boris probably wouldn't. <laughs> he said, Sam and I are thrilled for you both. Sorry we didn't leave the cot, but the climbing frame should still be in the garden. Oh, That's God. good to know. That is a bit... You know, when politicians have children, they talk about it a lot because they're saying we're ordinary people, really, mm-hmm. even yeah. though we don't seem like it. And, of course, they aren't. The last thing they are is ordinary people. That's why they shouldn't wear wind cheaters. <laughs> anyway, good luck to them. Uh, I, I, my advice, I find, is that when the thing with having a new baby is you have to stop in a lot. Um, mm. So timing, it's everything in this business. Yes. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Uh, we're not live, so don't text the show. But you can follow us at Frank on the Radio on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us via the Absolute Radio website. So we're not we're not completely out of uh, out of touch. Um, I uh, my my child, my seven year old child, picked up this week what I can only describe as the classic schoolboy injury. And he suffered um, some catapult recoil. So he was firing a catapult and he lost grip of the actual, you know, the Y-shaped frame. And it it shot back and smacked him in the mouth. But it's it's an injury which schoolboys must have been picking up for the last hundred years, I would guess. Mm. I should think. A catapult's still a big thing then. Catapults. Well, he's a very, very big fan of uh, the Beano. Ah. And for lockdown, his lockdown um, um, survival pack um, includes... I went on eBay and bought him uh, 122 back issues of the Beano and the Dandy from the 90s. That's great. He's working his way through those. Was uh, Dennis the Menace, was was he not cancelled exactly, but I believe his character was toned down somewhat, wasn't it? Because he was... He's still, he's he's still massive. A bully. He's still, no, the, he's still to, the jewel in the crown of the Beano. I mean, yeah, some the of the more bullying aspects of his nature. Well, what they did is they, they changed Walter a bit. So Walter, instead of being like, the, the class Nelly, who got picked on, uh-huh. became a sort of an unpleasant, snobby type boy. Right. So oh. hitting him is more acceptable. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> what but Dennis is still, he's absolutely... The dandy, of course, is just online now. You can't actually buy a hard copy yeah. of the dandy. Sad okay. but true. But it's... Uh, yeah, so he got, he, got a, he got a catapult injury. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> What would be the other we... classic schoolboy? Um, I suppose the Chinese burn, but you know you can't get that remotely. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> arguably we all are now. Well, the yeah. other the, classic the uh, school injury is the the compass. I found was oh, yeah. often oh, yeah. responsible for the injury. Um, can we? Can I share with you an email from one of our and readers? of course kneeling down behind someone. So oh, that your friend that. can push them over. <clears throat> Still oh, like that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know why there isn't more of that in adult life. <laughs> I blame lockdown. Yeah, maybe. You're right, can yeah, I... there's too much contact. Sorry, Emily. Can I share with you an email from one of our readers, just because it's related to something we were discussion, discussing last week, which was uh, George Michael's rehearsal and indeed actual performance of Somebody to Love for the Freddie Mercury yeah. tribute concert. Which we've established Frank- was a masterpiece. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it really was. And Frank and I have both become slightly obsessed by it. Alan, you but you like it, did you? I can't remember. Yes, I thought it was really good. But I, I, um, I, I spoke of the first time I saw David Bowie live um, during mm. the series Moonlight Tour when he did Young Americans and instead of saying, there's one damn song that can make me... <laughs> <clears throat> Here he goes, break out and cry, <laughs> that bit. He went, one damn song that can make me break down and cry. And um, as I said, he took the elevator down instead of, instead yeah. of well, up, which Amy I found Lines, disappointing. Amy yes. Lines 
has been in touch. She says, Hi, Frank and team, long-time reader, first-time writer. I thought I'd write in and tell you a tale of my biggest disappointment live music-wise, re your topic last week. Uncommonly for my age, I've been a huge fan of bands and artists from the 60s and 70s. I'm turning 29 this year. I've seen the classic bands and artists live that I've idolised, from The Who to Pink Floyd and The Police. Sorry, Frank, I know you're not a huge fan. A few years ago, I was ecstatic to discover <laughs> that... the police. <laughs> <laughs> a few years ago, I was ecstatic to discover that Blondie had been billed at Hyde Park British Standard Time Festival alongside such greats as Phil Collins and Stevie Wonder. I was buzzing. I've always dreamed of seeing Debbie Harry before she settles into her retirement. On she came. My favourite Blondie hold, song. Hold is, it. Shall we? Shall we make this a cliffhanger? As I think time, we should. We've got to go to a thing. So she's all excited. <laughs> yeah. Debbie Harry comes on stage. <laughs> Half what lost. happened next? Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So we we were in the midst of an email from uh, Amy Lines, which is I, I think I remember shouting at actors in the days when I used to write sitcoms. <laughs> Um, uh, who had gone to Hyde Park to see uh, a hero, heroine, Debbie Harry, and it was an exciting moment. She came on and she started singing Heart of Glass. Can you? What could possibly go wrong? Emily. My favourite Blondie song is Heart of Glass. I don't think I need to say any more. As Frank put it, she most definitely told the elevator attendant she'd rather go down that evening. I can't begin to describe my disappointment when she held the mic out to the audience for her middle section. Ooh, oh. I still love wow. her, but I left feeling that maybe that was a band I'd rather have kept the fond memories of. <laughs> All the best, gang, yes. and please confirm to my father, Chris Lines, also a long-time reader, that praise redacted very much is a thing you do say on emails to edit out the praise. Keep on keeping on, Amy Lines. Thank you. Um, thank you. Father Chris Lines. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not here already. <laughs> no, well, I mean, that is... It, I've seen it. I, I, I need to think of more occasions when this, when this has occurred. But, yeah, it is a thing that actors... And, and, and singers, I think they, that the argument is, well, I'm on tour, I'm doing it every night, I've got to look after my throat, but, you know. Yeah. Come on, mm. put in good money. I think Mariah Carey, I mean, bless her. You aren't. She's forced. Most people are. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Mariah. Mariah's forced to, to do it a lot because she had such a high octave range, didn't she, bless her, back in the day. Yeah. And I'm afraid those high Cs, you know, I mm. mean, yeah. it's not What, she was lost on the high Cs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She only travels by boat on tour. <laughs> okay. David Bowie, who we spoke of earlier, he, I, I, the one time I met David Bowie, he had uh, come over from America, where he dwelt, and he took the Queen Mary and taken six weeks to arrive. And oh, I yeah. said, "Oh, did was you in like in? Well, was could you actually wonder?" He said, "I was in my cabin mainly." And I said, "Well, what what did you like writing songs and stuff?" And he said, "No, I was watching DVDs." I said, <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you were a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, yeah. So yeah, he didn't he didn't like he didn't like the flying, um, David. Oh. Ironic from the star man there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eek. No, so I'd, if anyone else has got any more, any more um, going down an octave rather than going up, I'd love, I'd love yeah. to hear it. It's a beautiful story, and also um, in another in our series, irresistible temptations about things that we know we should, we shouldn't do, but we we always do. For example, um, Polaroid cameras. It's all right. Calm down. Um, when, I've, I have never taken a Polaroid. And resisted shaking it to make <laughs> the picture come out quicker. <laughs> yes. I, I would love to know if anyone who knows about photography or chemistry could tell me if that makes any difference whatsoever. Yeah. I'd love to find that out. And what, what anything that you think, oh, I'm doing this again, but you're still doing. Like when you're on the phone to someone and uh, and you lose them that and that you get cut off. 
And mm. then when you found them back, one of you <laughs> says, I don't know what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. Resist that. <laughs> Resist it. I used to say this thing, well, how could you possibly know? You know, we, you don't have access to the network systems. and so We'll never know what happened then. Let's let, let it go. And that was one of the reasons people thought I was a git. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. What, what else has been happening in the, the news? It's difficult at the moment because there is one story dominating, obviously. There is, but, um, but the rapper Drake has... Uh, if I may say so, has hit the headlines. I could hear the comma. I could hear the comma in that. <laughs> Screaming. He sounded like Jeremy Paxman. Yeah. <laughs> Dizzy Rascal oh, called Gaza. him Mr Rascal. <laughs> Wasn't he like a high court judge saying who is Gaza? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know much about Drake. I, when I, I read about him this week... When it said that he had had a hundred and sold a hundred and seventy million records and he's worth hundred and twenty million dollars, mm. I I I don't know how that happened. I he is sort of I've I've been aware of him existing, but I could not name one Drake. Yes, track. you could. I no. couldn't. He's you know completely. Call me on yourself. <laughs> don't you know that? No, I don't know any Drake. I'm, I'm going to wager Frank free. does not know that. <laughs> no. Actually, I can't imagine you knowing any song that you used You're to ask me You're asking a man yourself. who's got a daughter who ringtone. <laughs> Hotline Bling? Well, yes. Does he not like Hotline Bling? He's got a song called I God's Plan. Come on. Oh, well, anyway. That sounds a bit more... I like the sound of him from, from what I read this week, but I, 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 might, I might check him out. I've got Apple Music. I can do what I well, like. We're probably not going to discuss his new music <laughs> drop, are we? We're probably not going to discuss no. his new track, which has dropped. We're probably yeah. going to discuss the fact that he's been in the papers for having a ridiculously expensive True. bed. How much yeah. is the bed worth? I, I believe it's, Al. It, it's around 314k, which, you know, it's horrible one-upmanship. I've just recently spent 313k on a new bed. And <laughs> now I feel I like, have well, to what say, was the point? It's made of horsehair. Yeah, yeah, now there's a thing. A horsehair mattress. How is mm. that? How is that hair acquired? Ethically acquired, I see. Well, I mean, the is tail. It, are, is they it are they shaved? Are they shaved? I don't think rappers are as bothered yeah, about ethically shouting acquired that, Frank. hair. As, as um, well. I just, I want to know whether it was ethically. Was it? Was it, did they shave the horse, or are the uh, company flogging a dead horse? Very good. <laughs> no, but they wouldn't. Would they kill a horse for its no for its mattress great. material? Well, no. it's a bit of a weird. You got to wait a long time for horses to die of natural causes to fill a mattress. Yes, that's true. You can't just keep and getting the hair on the hoof, as it were. No, as you're going through life, seeing dead is horses. It a, is, is it a commonplace a horse hair mattress, or is that a rare thing? I've got one that's called a pocket sprung mattress. I don't know if that's um, more common than a horse hair. Yes, I've I think got, so. I've got I don't that. think horse. I tell you what was a horse hair mattress. I know this for a fact is that you know Andy Warhol's film Sleep, yes. which was film of a man sleeping for I think six hours and five minutes. Mm -hmm. That was mm. it. He lay on a horse hair mattress. That's my full really? horse hair mattress anecdote. Armory emptied in one. In one go. Well, so I anyway, believe... So anyway, he's got... Go on. I was going to say, I believe Drake's mattress is tufted. <laughs> so, a tufted... Tufted? Yeah. I mean, I it's just find the story ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even need jokes. His mattress is tufted. I find that funny. Is he like <laughs> sleeping on horseback? <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh... Well, well, we'll come back to this. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Uh, we, were, we were discussing um, Drake's mattress, which is... Uh, yeah. How much? I, I keep forgetting. 140 grand? 314, 300. was it? 314. Yeah, 314 grand. It's okay. made by a Swedish company, is it, Al? Yeah. 
And the um, the article I read helpfully suggested that that was eighty thousand pounds more than the average British house, as if as if they're comparable products. Yeah, as, as if, if that's going to put Drake off. Like he accidentally <laughs> got it from an estate agent when he, when he yeah. was looking for a British home. I can't pay that man. It's that's more money than the average British house. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to get a semi-detached in St Albans. What are you talking about? I, I mean, to, I know it's of... tufted, but, you know, the tuft. T- <laughs> Do you know, apparently it also has a whiskey and champagne bar oh, on the I reverse mean, side. Oh, very common. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right when they say it, I mean, really. <laughs> Does, that's spoiled it for me. Also, it yeah. says that... <laughs> That the headboard of his bed has got an antique mirror in it. And I thought, on the headboard, what I'm worried about is in what context is Drake looking into that mirror? Yeah. Also, you know what? I'm afraid when you get to my age, dear, all mirrors are antique. (laughs) (laughs) But Um, you you wouldn't have one on your headboard. It doesn't make any sense. No. He owns, apparently, a a Boeing um, 767, Drake. Does he? So uh, he's not a man who's averse to throwing his money about. I think no, can... he's doing all right. I got to say, to me, ever since I've had a, a few bob, I mean, not these kind of scales, but since mm. I sort of, you know, got like I wasn't um, on the dole and stuff, I mm-hmm. one of the things that I haven't skimped on is a mattress. I always go top end, not Good this top. Oh, okay. Because you're only eight hours a day. You mm. want a nice mattress. Oh, well, God. I was going to say... You're not, you're not going to be one of those like old Yorkshire blokes that say, oh, buy good shoes and a good bed, because when you're not in one, you're in the other. Oh, um, I think that's people. very reasonable. Oh, I thought <laughs> like that. I'm sorry, Can I, I love that. Can I ask you a question? Where are you doing a voice, then? <laughs> 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 to me, you know, if a celebrity buys a Lamborghini, um, no one really notices to me buying a good mattress makes much more sense that's true yes. i mean i would certainly say from what i know of drake if you apply the cost per wear principle you apply to jeans i imagine he's already got his money's worth for think? his social life but um it i do also has, it also has a shelf of oh i say a shelf it's got a two-story um wardrobe of handbags i believe of designer bags for his for his future wife, those are okay. in a separate. Uh, I believe they're in. Well, there's a two story. It doesn't make it clear out whether that's in an armoire of some sort. Oh. But, are you saying they're they're housed in some sort of divan section? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he's got shelving for those, but they are Birkins. I don't know if you're both familiar with the Birkin. I'm not. I know uh, Jane Birkin. Is it well, that's who they're named her. after. Oh, well, I know her. Yes, inspired by her, oh, I believe. He was sitting, the whoever he was, the chief designer at, at Hermes, was sitting on the, a plane with her, and she didn't have a proper bag, and he said, I'll design you, you one. Imagine I think wow. Quite, I think it's quite presumptuous of Drake to think that the future Mrs. Drake will, will be interested yes. in that kind of bag. What if she prefers like a sort of a Nike or a sports bag or something? Yeah, That's I don't think he's going to marry... Or a bag for life. I don't think he's going to marry a non-materialist. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is going to go badly for We're for assuming Drake. that he's going to marry a bag lady. <laughs> I think he's going to marry someone who um, is happy with a Boeing 67. Um, yes. Whatever it is, 767 on the, uh, on the tarmac. Frank Skinner. This um, this article about uh, Drake's bed that we've been discussing um, uh, appeared in the Architectural Digest, <laughs> which I don't I don't take. But um, mm. I'm really. Do you think there's any chance that the article was called Drake's Drum? <laughs> I'd be. Are you are you aware of Drake's Drum? No. Oh, there was a drum which was um, belonged to Sir Francis Drake. It was oh. on his ship and stuff. And it still exists. And people have claimed... He, he, apparently, he said, this is the story, that if ever England needed him again, just bang the drum and he would come and rescue oh. us. Um, um, I, I actually see him as the man who stopped um, 
England becoming Catholic. But that's a different story. Um, so it's, they've, they've written, they've heard at various battles and various times of crisis, this drum. People have told stories um, that they were in battle and they've heard the doom, doom, doom of Drake's drum. So uh, oh. there you go. But thanks for um, laughing anyway, before I explain what it was. That just sounded funny, Drake's drum. <laughs> <laughs> sounded, I liked it. Um, Have I asked this before, by the way? Memory what? foam. Yes. Your memory foam thing. Yeah. If I got a memory foam mattress, would it retain my indentation? So yes. I just sort of slithered into it like one was making a silver ornament and I was molten, that I well, would Al, slither into it... my shape and lie there. Oh, can you not say slither? I hate that word. Sorry. <laughs> it's just, sorry, I really, you know, there's, that's just one of the words I hate, Frank. It makes me feel a bit sick. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I have the same thing with um, spending. Oh, I don't like spending. <laughs> I love all words. <laughs> I, I hate spending. But anyway... Does it retain its shape like, you know, like those? I think I, I, think I told you once somebody sent me a, a Ribena gift case and it had like a mm. shape for the Ribena and the glass and all that to make a Ribena. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I believe, I don't know what you think, Al, but my understanding is that what a lot of mattresses have now is a percentage of memory foam. Is that right? I so think they're so. not, yeah. So yeah, I you don't can think get... it's quite like a. Uh... The, the molten silver thing, but, you know, a, a diluted version of that. So there would be a shape, though, that you you fell into, as it were? Not a sort no. of John Doe sort <laughs> of crime scene shape. No. Um, okay. But, yeah, I think um, they'd be... Uh, Sorry, Al. They are expensive, though, memory foam pillows. <laughs> I, I mean, I think they're too expensive, <laughs> but... Um, I wish you were Drake's friend. Yeah. yeah. Said, uh, Drake, so, they are it's expensive. It's a lot of money, though. that. It's a lot of money, that. 314,000. It's a lot. Do you, do you think Drake had one of those bottom 20% things that you sometimes see on beds? Do you know those? <laughs> they're like covers that just cover the bottom 20% oh, the of the bed. the curtain thing. I don't know what they are. I, well, I saw... This... I've only seen them in hotels, and then I was They're on very Oxford guest house of the seventies. No, yeah. but I was in Oxford Street, and I saw them for some people actually buy them. I don't know what they're for. They just go on the very last twenty percent of the bed. Where <laughs> is the idea they keep your feet warm or something? It's like Frank. It's like they've given the bed a boot cut jean. Leave the bed alone. It's it's, but it's like a very very short um, bed cover. But it doesn't make any sense at all. If anyone like has got one, yeah. If anyone's got one, I'd I'd love to know what the hell's going on. It looks like <laughs> when you fold, you know those hats with a feather in that Robin Hood. It looks like that. It looks like you have a, a big feather sticking out of it. <laughs> what the hell's going on is another great text in we must say yes, or email generally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, thank you. Um, I think that brings... If anyone can answer any of the questions I've asked on this show, I'd love to hear from you. Um, th thank you so much for listening. And if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now stop in. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. 